0: Let us pray. Father, how grateful we are for the victory of Jesus over death and hell and the grave and that he is indeed our risen Lord, the King of kings over all of creation. So, Father, even now, draw us closer to you, impress upon our hearts in this moment the reality of the truth and necessity of Christ's resurrection and mold us more into his image for the glory of your name. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. You may be seated. I would invite you as you're following along at home to take out your Bibles or device with Scripture on them. And turn to the 28th chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, the account of the resurrection. We'll also be looking at a few verses in Matthew 26. As we begin in this season, it's it's good to have a little bit of levity in the midst of all the challenges that we're facing in the world around us. So the story is told of a Sunday school teacher who asked her class what they remembered about Easter. This is speaking to children. And so one little boy suggested that Easter was when all the family comes to the house and they eat a big turkey and watch football. The teacher suggested that perhaps he was thinking of Thanksgiving, not Easter, So she let a pretty little girl answer. The little girl said, Easter was the day when as you come down the stairs in the morning, you see all the beautiful presents under the tree. At this point, the teacher was feeling really discouraged and questioning the effectiveness of her teaching through the years. But after explaining that the girl was probably thinking about Christmas, she called on another little boy who was tentatively raising his hand in the air. And the teacher's spirits immediately perked up as the boy said that Easter is the time when Jesus was crucified and buried. She felt that she was getting through at least to one child. And then the little boy added, and he comes out of the grave. And if he sees his shadow, we have six more weeks of winter. Well, this certainly is a unique Easter experience for all of us. It is an Easter that I think we will all long remember. Remember? But we are still worshiping together in spirit and the Lord is in our midst no matter where we are. So looking at our gospel reading from Matthew today, every one of us has had the experience of promises made to us which remain uncapped or broken by someone. And sometimes these promises involve small, even trivial things. I think of the example of my friend from seminary who moved south and was pastor of a church in the deep south. And he said, everyone he would talk to would say something to the effect of, we have to have you all over for dinner sometime soon. And he said, after a while, he suddenly realized that that was just a a social thing to say and that it never really came to pass for the most part with anyone. A small thing. Every one of us has probably been guilty at some point of not keeping promises. Often it's not even intentional. We forget or circumstances change. But there are other unkept promises, perhaps made by people dear to us at some point in life. And these unkept promises may even be a source of deep hurt and pain for some of us. It's unfortunately a fact of life that people will let us down At times, people will do things to us that are hurtful, and people will disappoint us. At times, people will break the promises that they have made. But there is one who will never fail to keep his promises, and that is God and God the Son, Jesus Christ. In the book of 2 Corinthians, St. Paul writes... For all the promises of God find their yes in him, referring to Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our our amen to God for his glory. Today, brothers and sisters, we celebrate Easter Resurrection Sunday. Today, we especially commemorate Jesus' bodily resurrection from the grave. And in so many wonderful and glorious ways, Easter is about God keeping his promises, promises that go all the way back to the third chapter of Genesis in the fall that we read about last night during our Easter vigil, where we read God's words to the serpent, speaking of Jesus, that he will bruise your head, that Jesus will bruise the head of the serpent, the evil one. And that's what I want to talk about this morning in our time together, Jesus Christ, a savior who keeps his promises. The account of Jesus' resurrection in Matthew's gospel begins with the women going to the tomb early on that Sunday morning. Matthew specifically mentions Mary and Mary Magdalene. Undoubtedly, they made this walk to the tomb with incredible sadness. Think of what they had been through. Think of what they had seen. They had personally witnessed Jesus die The one they had fellowshiped with. The one who just a week earlier had ridden into Jerusalem as a king. A king coming in peace. The one whose feet they had sat at as he taught them the truths of God's kingdom. But in the past few days, they had seen Jesus betrayed by one of his own. By Judas, one from his inner circle. They had seen him arrested and they had witnessed the fiasco of multiple sham trials before both the Jewish and the Roman authorities. They had seen Jesus condemned, tortured, and crucified. And they had watched him die. Now his followers were scattered. His closest disciples were in hiding for fear of their own lives. And in this dark, tragic setting, they go out to the tomb early on that Sunday morning Mark and Luke's Gospels both tell us that they took spices to anoint Jesus' body, to give him a, a proper burial. And perhaps in their grief, they wanted to be close to Jesus' body. They wanted to go through some of those rituals that are part of honoring the life of someone dear to us who has died. And as they went to the tomb on that Sunday, very literally the first day of the week, little did they know that they were to be the first witnesses to the dawning of not just a new day, not just a new Sunday, but of a new spiritual day, the dawning of a day of new creation for all of humanity. Amazingly, supernaturally, these women who go to the tomb with obvious and understandable sadness to confirm Jesus' death and give him a proper burial become with incomprehensible joy the first witnesses to his resurrection. Think about what they experienced in this moment. An earthquake, an angel whose appearance was like lightning with clothes that were radiant and the angel rolling back and sitting on the stone which covered the tomb entrance. The Roman guards shaking in fear, falling to the ground as though they were dead. And then the angel announcing to them, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. What joy, what fear, what amazement, what confusion they must have experienced all at once, all at the same time. And in the midst of their shock, they also experienced the fulfillment of what Jesus had promised. Because in the midst of their amazement and their joy and their confusion, they encounter the risen Lord. But I think it's important for us to focus today specifically on one thing that the angel said to them. Again, in verse 6 of Matthew chapter 28 He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Jesus has kept his promise. The tomb is empty. The fact is that Jesus had told them that all this was going to happen. And he had forewarned them all of what was going to take place. What was necessary to get to the resurrection and the empty tomb. The disciples, his followers, had to a large extent ignored those warnings because they didn't want to face the harsh and terrible reality They didn't want to face the bad stuff. And I think on a small scale, we can all relate to that because at times we're warned if you continue in a certain behavior, if you continue doing the same thing over and over, this is what's going to happen. In a very trivial and trite way, I remember as a little boy when I was about four years old, the lady that lived next door to us gave me a small box turtle and I was keeping it in my mom's laundry basket outside the house beside the steps by the back door. And I would go out there time and time again as the turtle was out of its shell. And I would kind of take my fingers I shouldn't have been doing and kind of not touch but poke at its face and make the turtle pull back into the shell. And my mom kept telling me, you better not do that. That turtle's going to bite you. And eventually after poking and doing that for several days many times, I poked my finger in toward the turtle and he grabbed hold of the bottom of my finger and I remember distinctly my mom was talking to another neighbor on the side of the house walking around the side of the house holding up my finger with the turtle still clamped onto my index finger and wouldn't let go with me crying and asking for my mother's help. But my mother told me that this was going to happen if I continued. Now that's a small trite story but it's an example of that sort of thing and not listening To those who know, in a much greater measure, in a much more profound measure, Jesus knew what had to happen. He knew, despite the disciples not wanting to hear it, that it had to be this way. That this is why he had come into the world. The prophet Isaiah foretold these things in Isaiah 53 where we read, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Repeatedly throughout the Gospels, Jesus said all of this would indeed come to pass, it must come to pass. Just two examples. First, from Matthew chapter 16 where we read from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day he would be raised then in Matthew chapter 26 Jesus said to them you will fall away because of me this night for it is written I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered but after I am raised I will go before you to Galilee. The women look into the empty tomb where Jesus had been laid. And what do they see? They see that the tomb is empty. Jesus is risen just as he said. The empty tomb spoke to those women that Jesus had kept his word. The reality of the empty tomb, brothers and sisters, says to you and me that Jesus Christ keeps his promises. Others may fail us. Others may make false, hollow, even empty promises. But you and I can count on this. Jesus Christ keeps his word. The resurrection guarantees, us and give, guarantees this and gives us this assurance. All that Jesus said would be accomplished through his suffering and through his death on the cross is done, it is finished. Jesus is risen. He has kept his promises. And this gives us wonderful assurance. Jesus promises a reality. The tomb is empty. A little while ago I read from Matthew 26. These were words that Jesus spoke to his disciples on the night that he was betrayed during their last meal together. An event we especially commemorated this past Thursday on Monday, Thursday. That night, Matthew twenty six thirty two records another promise that Jesus made to them. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Now here in this account of the resurrection, we read that the angel tells the woman and women in Matthew 28 that Jesus is indeed going ahead of them into Galilee and that they will see him there. The women hurry away from the tomb. And on their way, on their return, they meet the resurrected Jesus. Look at verses 8 through 10 of Matthew 28 with me. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. There's no doubt in their minds at this point. They know that this is Jesus. That it is Jesus clearly, physically resurrected from the grave. He's speaking to them. (laughs) They fall at his feet and worship him. And we should not lose the significance of these women grasping his feet. Because first of all, it was an act of submission, an act of worship before the Lord. But it also attests to the reality that Jesus physically and bodily rose from the grave. Remember, St. Matthew's Gospel was, was first written to a Jewish audience. And in the Jewish understanding of that day, there was a belief that spirits did not have feet. So, for these women to grasp Jesus' feet and worship him clearly speaks to that first Jewish audience that Christ did not just raise from the grave spiritually, but Jesus Christ rose from the dead physically, bodily. Jesus said he would go ahead of them into Galilee after being raised on the third day. And once again, what do we see? Jesus is true to his word, he keeps his promises. So what does that mean for you and for me right now, right here in Northern Virginia, right now in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis? Well, it gives us the assurance that you and I can count on Jesus, that he keeps his promises not just once, but eternally down through the ages. What kind of promises are we talking about? Well, the first one is this, that Jesus gives us life. John chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And the kind of life Jesus speaks of here is not just physical life, but eternal, spiritual, unending life. For those who place their trust in him. Second we have the promise that Jesus and Jesus alone is the way to forgiveness. Matthew 26 28. Words that we'll hear again in just a few moments in the celebration of the Eucharist. For this is my blood of the new covenant. Which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness comes through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way to the Father. John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the one through whom we can become true sons and daughters, true children of God. John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. Through Jesus Christ, every single one of us has the opportunity, the possibility to be truly born of God, to be adopted by him, to become his true and eternal son or daughter. Jesus promises eternal life to those who place their trust in him. Again, focusing on the things we've already heard in terms of promises. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And that question resounds to you and me today. Do you, do we believe this? And then finally, Matthew 11, we could go on with many more promises. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What a poignant and profound verse! In this season of dealing with Corona, COVID-19, remembering and stepping in and living into the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ. That when we are heavy laden, he will give us rest. He calls us to lay down the yoke of this world and take up his yoke and learn from him because he is gentle. He loves us. And he and he alone, supernaturally and divinely as the eternal son of God, gives us rest for our souls. And he makes his yoke easy for us. And he makes our burden light as we trust in him as our risen Lord. Whatever the challenge that you and we may be facing in this season, in these unprecedented times, We have all of these promises and so many more to assure us. And we have the promise that Jesus Christ is our risen Lord. And again, we have the reminder, as St. Paul has said to us, that all of God's promises are true. They are yes and amen, meaning so be it through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. So in this season, in this season with so many questions and so many temporal uncertainties, this day, this Resurrection Sunday, may we recognize and lay hold in ever greater measure of the reality of the truth that yes, people will let us down, people will disappoint us, people will hurt us, but we serve a risen faithful savior, one who is named faithful and true, And he, he keeps his promises. The resurrection assures us of that reality. Let us pray. Father, how grateful we are that our Lord Jesus Christ is the one who is faithful and true. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And Father, all of your promises are yes and amen through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord, strengthen us this day. Renew us in faith and trust and hope through our resurrected Lord of glory. And Lord, let your glory shine through us, the church of Jesus Christ in this season and the days ahead, being renewed in hope being filled with the light and the life of Jesus Christ. And may it all be for the glory of your name. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.